and welcome to No Such Thing as a Bad Movie podcast. I'm Topsy Kretz, and I'm here today with... Uh, Justin the Clue. Oh, do we have to do, like, wacky names every time? <laughs> I'm never, I'm never good at this. Uh, I always think of something really, really what good What about, after. um, Detective Fingerling? <laughs> so just the character names in the movie that we just watched? Uh, yes, and there's another funny character name. What was it, Dr. Sirius Leary? Seriously. Oh, right. oh, oh my God, God this movie. The names in this movie. Isn't that funny? I... Well, uh, <laughs> hold on. Let me. I I haven't even introduced myself. You're Detective Fingerling, right? No, I oh, choose God. my own name. Thank you very yeah. much. I'm Colin Cunningham. There you go. And today we watched the number twenty three, starring Jim Carrey. So wait, I want to do what I usually do when April gets to pick the film, and is ask why. <laughs> I'll tell you. What, what drew you to this well, movie? Well, um, I saw this a long time ago around the time it came out because I thought it looked interesting and then I remembered it being bad and then we were scrolling through Amazon Prime and I saw that it was there and I was like oh, I have to make you guys watch this movie and I did I was and, hoping um, that it was going to be Joel like Schumacher. It, it was my favorite film when I was a teenager it was no, this and no. Ashton Kutcher and the butterfly effect <laughs> the butterfly effect is a lot better than this movie um, but no I didn't have any particular fondness for it but I just rem- I, I, I mean it stuck in my brain for a lot of reasons mm. that we'll get into um, but so also um, Joel Schumacher directed this and he passed away recently so we should be paying tribute I mean he to passed away like a couple tribute months to him ago. by making fun of one of his movies yeah, yeah. you know what we <laughs> dig him up just to bury him again <laughs> well here's something funny wait um, we dug him up his skeleton went missing <laughs> oh, no. i uh i haven't seen hardly any joel schumacher movies okay let I, me go like, through it you haven't seen falling down no flatline i've only no <laughs> batman and robin i've only lost seen boys. his two bat his two batmans oh yeah you haven't seen I the lost think, boys and i think saint elmo's fire and i think that's it uh that's crazy phone right? booth what about what about flat, Flatliners? No, I haven't. No. Nope, uh, nope. Tigerland? Um, I've never even heard of that one. Uh, Hang on. Did Colin he do Farrell. that um, um, Nicholas Cage He did. Movie? Trespass with uh, Nicole oh, Kidman. No, no, no. Not that one. 8mm. Um, yes, he did do 8mm. Yeah, I have seen that. I did not like that movie. No. <laughs> it was depressing. <laughs> That's what you got out of it? You're like, ah, the world of snuff pornography, a depressing place. <laughs> yeah. I was um, on this, uh, I'm on this Facebook group. It's like called Crew Stories. And it's just, you know, film professionals that just tell all stories that, you know, happen to them on the crew. And they, uh, when Joel Schumacher died, they were all chiming in and had all these funny stories. One guy said he was shooting a movie recently. I guess it was like the latter days of Joel Schumacher. He said he just was not paying attention to the actress. I guess he'd called action. It was like a really emotional scene. And then Joel Schumacher was telling stories to the crew <laughs> while she's acting about like all the orgies that he's gone to. <laughs> During a scene? During a scene. And she said, Joel, I'm crying. You haven't yelled cut. And he was like, sorry, my dear. So anyway, I was at this orgy. <laughs> that became a shtick in the later years that he was like your old, dirty grandpa director. Yeah. Well, was he like friends with... Um Roland Emmerich going to like his like crazy uh, I, I sex don't parties. Know. Him and Wait, Brian did Roland Singer Emmerich have no, crazy I, sex parties? Oh yeah, Brian Singer and Roland Emmerich Ooh, were notorious yeah, for their, okay. uh, well, that's... For their, their <laughs> twink think... pool parties. I thought mm-hmm. maybe uh, Joel Schumacher was uh, uh, invited to one of those. Uh, let's I, not let's not I, make I, any wild accusations. I don't know, but <laughs> all the crew had nothing but very nice things to say about him. They said he was mm-hmm. really fun to be around. Oh, that's good. 
Yeah, that's yeah. great. That's a, that's a nice for a change. That he, had a, he had a very nice attitude. He was good to everybody and everyone. He was he was beloved. Now, let's talk about this fucking movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's teared apart. Um, it's not that bad. Yeah. But, uh, okay, this is what I'll say. I found it quite entertaining. But it's, it is. It's often entertaining um, because of how how bad it is, how wrong it is. Yeah. It tries to be one thing and it just completely fails. I'm going to say right off the bat, I feel like Joel Schumacher suffers from Paul W.S. Anderson syndrome for me, for me, Mm. is that I look at his movies, they're super stylish, lots is happening, and I'm like, I should be enjoying this more. Why am I not enjoying Arnold Schwarzenegger saying so many ice puns? This is kind (laughs) of boring. Speak for yourself, sir. Yeah, I mean, I still I like I still like Batman Forever. I think that's a really Ugh. fun movie. Um, it's ridiculous. But, uh, Jim Carrey again. So maybe I have a soft spot for Jim Carrey. So wait, have we discussed Jim Carrey on this podcast before? Um, Sonic. Yeah, Sonic. Oh, that's right, Sonic. Well, that was a Patreon episode, I believe. True, yeah, yeah, this was one of his first serious roles. I think the first, wasn't it? <laughs> Quote, I'm doing well, air quotes that you, you can't go, hear. Like way back, like. Um, he was in that like vampire movie Once Bitten. Oh, and yeah. It's not, uh, okay, like, April. It's I hate to break it to you. <laughs> Once Bitten is not a serious no. movie. Yeah, but isn't he not like the, a, a comedic character in it? Uh, no. I mean, it ends with him having sex with his girlfriend in a coffin. Yes. So the vampire can't suck his blood because he won't be a virgin anymore. So. <laughs> My point is, I thought that he was, you know, he's not wild and crazy Jim Carrey in that. Mm. He's a little wacky. Um, he's kind of like a... he was also in the. Majestic, so a very I would, boring movie. I would say that this is not the beginning of Jim Carrey being serious because at this point he had made The Truman Show, Man on the Moon, like you said, The Majestic, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Really? And I would say the number 23 is the end of his kind of serious stuff. Well, Jesus, I had it all wrong. Yeah, Spotless Mind, I didn't realize it came first, to be honest. Wow. So okay, well, we're wrong. Look at that. <laughs> well, just, I remember when this movie came out, it was like, oh, God. And you, you look at the poster, like the thumbnail, and it's this Jim Carrey with like the number 23 written all over his face. <laughs> Jim Carrey, all, like you've never seen never him before. Never seen him before. Um, I could not take him seriously through that, this entire movie. No, it's it, really it, hard. It, he's, God, he's playing so, it just... J- Joel Schumacher is like laughing behind the camera, right? He has he's to be. He's gotta be. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I kind of got that feeling. It's like, Joel, but, yeah, you, I mean, you didn't yell cut. It's kind of true, like, Justin, like those other movies that you mentioned... He's good, you know, and Eternal Sunshine and like Man oh, on the yeah. Moon. Like he can be dramatic. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what went wrong in this. He's but, going um, a little too broad for the subject matter. He's this. trying to be cool. Yeah. <laughs> I would say problem. that the subject matter is also very silly. Oh yeah. Oh it's definitely. A very so from the get go, like but it's, no one could do this and like appear realistic inside of of its context but it has like all these like ideas and but it just it's not focused and it just never i don't know congeals into something cohesive i mean i would argue that i can name 10 actors that could do this movie and it wouldn't be wouldn't make us laugh well like right (laughs) off the bat you know jim carrey's a dog catcher and in the very the very first scene i'm already laughing get you marmaduke it's like is that even an existing job even back in 2007? Yeah, I just sort of feel that. Yeah, it still exists, doesn't it? Dog catcher? Like animal control, but the way they, yeah. the way he's portraying the dog catcher, it's it's like the dog catchers that you see in like 1950s cartoons. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. He needs a big net. He's got this like big uh, like trank gun as well, which is hilarious. 
But yeah, yeah. right off the so, bat, I'm wait, laughing. From the get-go, though, I want to say that this movie keeps telling you this stuff is important. And then doesn't really find ways why it's important. Yeah. yeah. Like, from the premise from the get-go, it's like the number 23. It's everywhere in the world. It means so much. But if you stick to the end of the movie, uh, yeah, that doesn't really make much of a difference. No, it doesn't at all. Uh, and I, I, I agree. You know it's just the writer had come across some article and read about the 23 <laughs> Enigma, which is a real thing, by the way. And, you know, it's like, I'm going to work this into the plot somehow. It's kind of... Oh, this plot that I have where a guy (laughs) finds a detective novel that he's in. Also, 23 is all over the place. You're like, wait, what? Those are two very disparate ideas. Yeah, it it never comes together. And, you know, you could replace the whole 23 enigma with anything. I was just thinking that today, (laughs) like, the, the murder plot really doesn't have anything to do with the number 23 thing other than the fact that it made him crazy. Yeah, it was just the instigating yes. incident, I guess, but it, it yeah. really doesn't factor into anything in the You're movie right. He whatsoever. could just be regular old crazy. He, yeah. doesn't, happen to have, he doesn't need to have a, a numerology fixation that they <laughs> mentioned. <laughs> yeah, which is, yeah, you just know it's the author doing this and it's, you know, they, they ran out of ways to you know or they any way to it work would it into be the plot. cool yeah hey did you know cool that the number own. 23 occurs a lot oh god yeah <laughs> so i mean right from the get-go i'm gonna say that like my big sticking issue is i kept waiting for them to reveal this like cannibal QAnon style conspiracy involving <laughs> the number 23 but what it boils down to is it doesn't matter yeah like yeah maybe the number 23 is around but that doesn't really affect anybody's lives and the way they're no. getting you know he's like look you know we were married on this day and my birthday is this day at these two numbers 23 and it's like okay sometimes they're reversing the numbers it adds up to 32 which is 23 backwards it's just like you could find it anywhere it's like they're bending over backwards to sort of find (laughs) ways to add numbers together in a way that add up to 23 and it's just like this is though like a side effect or just a main effect of someone who like suffers from stuff like schizophrenia Mm -hmm. it's like i'm being watched paranoia um finding patterns yeah exactly but it doesn't there's none of that in here. <laughs> no, no, there isn't. It's not. And like the 23 number doesn't really add anywhere other than being a confirmation bias of stuff that he finds. Yeah. 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 It's just, and then he just comes off like a raving but lunatic. But there's not even much of a moment like that he like sees 23 somewhere and it has like a huge effect on the plot. Like no, it doesn't. kind of a, 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 there's a part later I mean, that we'll get to. This movie but... is more about a dog that's like haunting him, like <laughs> oh. a Marmaduke thing, yeah. than it is about the number 23. Do you think there's an alternate version of this that was called like Ned the Dog? Yeah, Ned the Dog, because in this like bulldog with huge like balls, by the way. Do you see the balls? I didn't see the balls. Oh my God. I did not see the balls. He's, Only Colin's eyes went to the balls. He was hiding them balls. It's hard not to. He's running away from camera That was a time. Joel Schumacher <laughs> like, I need a very virile bulldog. Don't give me any of those neutered ones. Clearly important. It reminds me of this time I was at an orgy. Again, I don't know what's up with this dog because it, it, it I guess it's the inciting incident. But yeah, but so the movie stupid. starts, and yeah, Jim Carrey's this, I don't know, he's waiting for his shift to end as a dog catcher, and then what, the dispatcher sends him on a job at like five to five or something like that? Yeah, but you're forgetting as well that uh, he actually says, like, you're probably wondering how I got here. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Uh, back up to December 23rd. What, what's this? It's, it's a the Christmas other thing about movie. This movie. Is that there's really bad voiceover by Jim Carrey uh, in two, mm-hmm. in two in, as two different characters. Yeah, and he's trying, he's putting on an accent and I can't quite place it. No, when he's, when he's, 
imagining he's the detective character that's yeah. when he has an accent when he's normal jim carrey he mostly just sounds it's normal, it's right? like a slight he, it's like he's trying to hide his canadian accent and he, he's mm. just like some of the inflections and some of the pronunciations are weird but it just you know he's trying to come off as cool he's kind of like whoa people. wait a character has an accent april don't you hate that kind of stuff <laughs> i do now, how, did, how did he sound it was he was kind of like I, I, then i had to go here it, he's he's Nasal, he's nasally he he's pushing a little bit of the voice into his nose mm-hmm. so it's hard to describe but he's, he's trying to hide the boots yeah. and the yeah but boot. he's been acting for how long now i think yeah, he's I he can do an american accent but he's the he's the master of disguise like, no, isn't he and then i went like, here and I, should do I, that met, I met this suicide blonde and <laughs> She was really crazy. It's kind of like that. <laughs> yeah, so, I don't know. He, he t- so wait, uh, Colin, you're usually our plot man. You're going to take us through this very uh, twisty plot? Yeah, so... Uh, why are we at Christmas for some reason? Well, even just him getting this call from the dispatcher has its own flashback, <laughs> completely unnecessary flashback, to him at a party, a work party the week before, and the dispatcher woman tries to like comes on to him comes on to him and like accosts him at this party and then he kind of insults her it's and not then, even that we get backstory about why his wife's not at the party because she uh, had a cold and she had she made a cake and he has to bring the cake like and, why why do we well, need this i would argue finish 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 up until they find the book but i i can argue why this is here okay anyway so he gets a call goes to you know behind this chinese restaurant to capture this big bulldog and then the dog bites him and then it doesn't it lead him to a cemetery he's like chasing this no i no it chase doesn't it lead him to a cemetery later it does as well i I thought it did at the beginning but uh, we do see his gun in this scene don't we Mm -hmm. okay so he makes him late to pick up yeah he's going on it's his birthday he's going to uh, uh on a date with his wife who is played by Virginia Madsen. Virginia Madsen's character is Agatha. Well, she plays two characters, as everybody does in this movie. Ew, spoilers. So she's waiting for him. He's late. She's standing outside of a bookstore. Just sort of past the time she goes into the bookstore, finds this book called The Number 23 by Topsy Kretz. Okay, I have questions (laughs) considering how this movie plays out in the end. Yeah. (laughs) So she... Uh, can we talk about this without getting into spoilers right away? Because for her to do this, yeah. she needs... Is she trying to trigger something in Jim Carrey? No. Is that what's happening? Justin, is- I thought the same thing the first time I saw this. We're wrong. It's all coincidence. Mm. She just happened to find that book. At this oh, bookstore. And okay. there is only one copy of this book in existence. Yeah, I thought, it, I thought like it, she planted it and, and found it on purpose. Turns out that's not That's what I originally thought. But she knows enough details, and she reads the book before she gives it to Jim Carrey. Yeah, but she uh, didn't understand she be the like, horrible oh, secrets whoa. that were within it, apparently. Well, okay, this story that she was involved with and had been told to her. <laughs> you know what? You know what the, the plot of this film is uh, kind of like? It's like that episode of The Simpsons when Lisa discovers a Jebediah Springfield. <laughs> it even has the scene where they like open up the coffin. Oh, that's right. And they try to like yeah, cover it up it is. <laughs> to save his <laughs> reputation. It's kind of true. Yeah. Hey. All right. Okay. So this book gets handed to Jim Carrey. Uh, he starts to Jim read Carrey. it and is noticing some similarities, uh, you know, with the, the main character of this book and his own life. So he starts to... I don't know, project his own... He kind of goes into, like, this fantasy world, which is kind of like Sin City. 
It looks like uh, Sin I would City. say it looks more like a shitty episode of CSI. <laughs> well, um, this uh, narrative device, um, nocturnal animals, it ain't. Um, it's 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 not it's nowhere near as cool as uh, oh my other god movies about uh, reading books. The fashion designer who directed that movie just stood up and went, "Oh, somebody mentioned nocturnal animals, which hasn't happened since the year it came out." Yeah, Tom Ford's ears are ringing. Yeah. Um, I was gonna say though. Um, I think that the reason that we have this whole stupid flashback at the beginning with him narrating is because he's like, nothing, the, the, my whole life could have been different if I just didn't uh, get this dog and if I didn't do this and if I didn't do this and if I didn't do this. And the reason I think that it's there is because he's, he's again, he's trying to find patterns. He's paranoid. Mm-hmm. Nothing can just happen. He thinks that there's there's a reason for things. But and so it's, it's the beginning too of him many being, things mm-hmm. stacked on top of each other. Like, make it 23-based. I know. I but, know, like, yeah, being it coincidences, that's a whole other bag of worms, which I'm sure that <laughs> happens in real life. But, like, in the context of a 90-minute movie, it's like, you got too many ideas going, and none of them are interconnecting with each other. No, it's, it's oh, God, it's it's kind of awful. So, yeah, he's kind of reading this book. And then they go to Danny Houston's party. I guess it was, like, a birthday party. it was a birthday party for, for Jim Carrey. Yeah, now, <laughs> right off the bat, Danny Houston meets them at the door, and, you know, he's a little too handsy with Jim Carrey's wife, with Virginia Madsen. Mm. And you know, like something's something's going on there. He's like, yeah, groping her and like, yeah, and you kissing think they her. Were, they were doing it. I don't know, but like right off, he the imagines bat, they are, but he, I don't. But he doesn't even look at Jim Carrey. He doesn't acknowledge him, and you know, he's just one of those. You know, that's one of those friends that's just waiting for Carrie to, to. To fuck up Slip so, he, up. Can, so yeah. he can move in on Virginia. And then Jim Carrey is like, I wish my family would never tell me a lie. And he blows out his candles <laughs> and his wish comes true. <laughs> Which is funny because like throughout the movie, Danny Houston is constantly helping out the, the kid and Virginia Madsen. But and he's always on the outskirts of the frame. He's always in the background. Like he'll, he'll drive Virginia Madsen and the kid to meet Jim Carrey. And then Jim Carrey will be talking to them and then... Just in the background, out of focus, you'll see Danny Houston kind of waiting there at his car. <laughs> oh, he's waiting. He's right. waiting. He's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> he's waiting out to, that marriage. Time to make my move. <laughs> so Jim Carrey pretty much just like goes insane reading this book because, you know, he sees flashes of what the book is. And the book, I'm going to be honest, not really that exciting no. <laughs> as far as like a detective novel goes. <laughs> yeah, but well, uh, I mean, I just want to say my favorite. I'm going to say my favorite thing. Uh, first uh i actually like the i mean i know i said it wasn't nocturnal animals but i like the device of having the dual actors play dual characters i just Mm -hmm. like that in movies um and it's not uh, i never pictured jim carrey all tatted up like that he's got um thorn tattoos yeah (laughs) trench oh awful day you know what april you getting some new metal vibes on those and uh, virginia madsen has like dark hair dark hair wig and then there's another character who in the real world has um uh brown hair but now she's got blonde hair it sounds really stupid when i'm saying it um, but well, I watched the movie and I got some bad news. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I kind of I, I like this. I I just like the idea of a character fantasizing and putting people in their lives in the yeah. You know what the issue I had with these fantasy sequences? I wish they were more sustained because I got no sense of the novel that he was reading because you just get like flashes here or there. Yeah, I wish they did integrate. Like they just need to ditch a few ideas in the script mm-hmm. and kind of focus in on things that work. And I think mm-hmm. this is one of those, you know, I was kind of watching it 
I'm like, yeah, this is kind of like Sin City or something, where it's like the main character of this book is Detective Fingerling, which every time he says it, I'm like laughing. I think his name is Miles Fingerling. (laughs) God. And then Virginia Madsen's playing a character called Fabrizia. Yeah, also great It kind of has this Sin City look, and it's like the the sort of hard-boiled detective narration and stuff like that. Very, very blown out. At one point, I just turned to April, and I'm like, I wish I was watching this movie instead, (laughs) instead Mm -hmm. of... Instead of the real world, because it's so lame and boring and, and stupid. But the fake world is, uh, which is the mantra of this episode, trying so hard to be cool. It comes the mantra off of this episode, ridiculous. the mantra of Joel Schumacher's career. <laughs> <laughs> it comes off ridiculous. Yeah, he's like Jim Carrey with these like hard ass rock and roll tats. And you know how he's cool? He plays a saxophone. Yeah, he's standing on like the fire escape outside oh, of his apartment. Isn't that cool? And like it's raining, and like again, everything is is super super white. He's got like the Spielberg DP look to cranked up to the All the highlights are blown out. He's the worst. Yeah, I meant to look up if there's a name for that. exposure like or oversaturated or um there is a term you they would do it to like the celluloid uh like they would run it through a specific liquid oh it's not like I don't remember bleach what it bypass was. bleach bypass that's what it's called yeah yep. so they uh, that's like movies uh, that's more like a very high contrast mm-hmm. uh, muted color look uh the movie payback with mel gibson did it Payback, eh? Yeah. Is that like a Beach Fly Pass uh, thing? I always associate it with, like, mm, didn't Three Kings, they did it to it? Like, the desert stuff? and uh, Probably, yeah. I know Payback I did it. Uh, well, it goes back. It's an old technique, but basically, when you're developing the, the film, you skip the bleach pass, basically. Uh, and it leaves mm-hmm. a lot more of the silver on the Yeah, silver emulsion. Negative. So you oh. get a very, very dark, dark, dark shadows and it's very high contrast i mean it's stylistic it gives the it, i mean i i remembered this look from but mm-hmm. when i saw it before it's, it's not, like a preset in every one of those after effects yeah. like magic bullet <laughs> plugins it's like bleach bypass i mean it's not something you forget uh, well <laughs> yeah this is very uh yeah it's very blown out uh mm-hmm. looking so how does Jim Carrey continue on his mystery solving as he reaches this novel and realizes that, uh-oh, chapter 23 is missing? Yeah, so well, there's a lot before we get to that, man. I don't think there's really that much. <laughs> That's like the end of the movie. It's really, it's really just him. No, 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 because like, he finishes reading the book pretty early on. Uh, That's when he, he's like, this happened to me. This is a real mystery I need to solve. Yeah, well, and then the son walks in and said, there's a book about dad? What? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's the funniest thing. I laughed out loud because like Virginia Madsen and Jim Carrey are having this conversation and the son walks in on the last two words or something, which are not even related to anything. And he says, what? Somebody wrote a book about dad? For a film about a guy, uh, you know, losing his mind, his family is very supportive and they're by his side the entire time. Well, we got to get to the suicide blonde. This is like the first case that Mm. detective fingerling gets called to and it's lynn collins from uh john carter who's actually really good in john carter but i don't know she's in this movie for like three minutes um and she's ranting and raving about the number 23 that's that's where he kind of yeah that's where he kind of picks it up so detective fingerling and then walter sparrow jim carrey's real life character are kind of in parallel getting obsessed with the number 23 
Lynn Collins kind of jumps out the window and kills herself, and then Jim Carrey starts investigating and is sort of obsessed. So you get these like two parallel storylines going on at the same time. Mm-hmm. Real exciting stuff. <laughs> at the edge of my seat. Can't wait to see how this mystery gets solved. Yeah, um, and then I think this is like the the, the dogs shows up and well, then we get introduced <laughs> yeah. to, to the graveyard. And... Danny Houston. <laughs> Danny Houston. Oh my God, we just lost April. She <laughs> fell asleep. Guys, we're not even. Danny like... Houston has a, an alter ego in the fantasy book, and he has an insane beard. That's very funny. Looking. He's got a goatee. Yeah. What did you say? It was. Like it looks the... like the guy from the Hunger Games. <laughs> There's a character. Oh man, April, you said fantasy book? It would be amazing if it was like uh, Jim Carrey's a detective, also a wizard. <laughs> and you have to solve, you know, Jim Butcher like magic related mysteries. Yeah. Fuck, I'd see that. Yeah. And he's like uh, turning people into skeletons and stuff. <laughs> that disappear all and, the time. And his dog can talk. He's like, I used to be a police officer before I got turned into this dog. Called me Pachinsky. <laughs> Sounds great. <laughs> Wait, have you ever seen the pilot for Pachinsky, no, <laughs> April? I don't know what that is. It's, uh, I think it's Peter Boyle. Oh, That's like yeah. the big bald guy. This Gets turned into a puppet dog voiced by the, like done by the Jim Henson company. Oh, That's see. right. It's on YouTube, isn't it? It's on YouTube. He's like, mm. uh, what am I supposed to do now? I'm a dog. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds great. Hey, yeah. Pachinsky, stop humping my leg. Yeah, I'm sorry, I can't control myself. And like dog. when it comes to a close-up of the dog, it's like eyes are wiggling up because it's a puppet. It can do so much stuff. <laughs> uh, okay, but so that's Jim not Carrey, that, this. Jim Carrey uh, he has to like get his psych evaluated because he got bit by a dog, which is ridiculous. Yeah, okay, so, and again, in parallel, so, for, oh, Jesus Christ. Detective Fingerling is going to his psych eval. Right now I'm listening to a podcast about a podcast. And Jesus. I think I'm hosting the podcast on the podcast that's in the podcast. Uh, we all have alter egos. Yeah, so Jim Carrey is a dog catcher. Has to go to a psych evaluation because he was bitten by a dog. It's not even... But- doesn't even but, look like a yeah, bad it doesn't bite. even matter though because it doesn't come up again does it no he's not even uh like traumatized it's not even mm-hmm. they don't Nothing. even play the scene as traumatizing you know what i mean uh, yeah they don't talk about like these are the signs of you know when people have a break and what you should look for and then mm. at the same time detective fingerling is also going to a psych eval because the suicide blonde died in front of him but his psychiatrist is She should have known. Her name was the Suicide Blonde. Yeah. yeah. Um, so his psychiatrist is Danny Houston's alter ego. Fuck, God. This is so and he's like, convoluted. Well, the, okay. There's one thing that is very important to this story that we haven't mentioned. And it is that Fingerling and Fabrizia... <laughs> Um, have a relate have a sexual relationship where she's turned on by violence. Also, yeah, you like- have to understand someone within the Fingerling novel is writing a book called Profit Without a God. Oh God, no! Play no, into no. what's happening later? I feel like our explanation of this movie is more convoluted than when we talked about Deadly Lessons. Oh, yeah, it kind I of mean, is. there's so many threads in this that kind of go nowhere. But yeah, so that it, it's important, but. So Fingerling and Fabrizia have all these like sex <laughs> you keep scenes. Saying that those are, names. That are, you might as well be like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
they're very ridiculous and they're trying to be sexy, but it just comes off as comical. And he says to Danny Houston, I'm having nightmares that I kill Fabrizia. Mm-hmm. Like, because we our sex games have gotten too wild. And then that starts happening to Jim Carrey. Yeah, d- d- Danny Houston in the fantasy world is Walter like, oh, is I'll go talk to Fabrizia. Yeah. And then also in real life, uh, Danny Houston's like, I've got to talk uh, to Virginia Madison. This is an issue that I have with the movie is that once Jim Carrey like starts hallucinating, mm-hmm. it already hits a hundred. So it, there's a shot of Jim Carrey like slitting the throat of his wife. Like you can't go anywhere from there. Yeah, after I know. Showing us that. Well, he gets really yeah. freaked out and he thinks he's actually going to murder because he's having all mm-hmm. these fantasies and dreams about killing her. So he goes to like a hotel. The What was it? The King Eddie Hotel? Uh, King Edward? <laughs> yeah. And stays in the room number 23. Whoa. Oh God. Of course. And then he he finishes the book and then he uh, yeah he finishes reading i mean you book. guys have been there right you got to rent out a whole hotel room to finish reading what looks like a fairly thin book uh, yeah it takes him a long time yeah. to finish that right. where virginia Mad- <laughs> madsen finished it in like two hours yeah and then even the son is reading it at this point and he's getting his <laughs> yeah. like his kid involved uh played by logan lerman percy jackson himself by the way oh, oh, that's oh nice. never seen the percy jackson movies apparently uh, it's bad i think i saw the first one and i can't remember anything about it Wait, uh, I should take this time. Have you guys ever fallen down the conspiracy uh, hole? No. And I'm looking at you, April. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm thinking uh, I can't recall any conspiracy theories that I... No. Uh, I don't think so. No. I'm not, I'm not into that stuff. For me, it's a hard no. It, usually it's like a teenager thing. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know when it happened to me, but it kind of feels like, listen, the world is a chaotic place and you mean nothing. Yeah. And I understand people, conspiracy theories is to give meaning to the world that somebody is making those decisions mm-hmm. to, you know, uh, why is this happening? Oh, it's because, you know, there's lizard people. No, they're just rich people who don't care <laughs> about you. That's basically <laughs> what it boils down to. Yeah, they're just trying to create meaning that's more kind of palatable to them. Yeah, people just think that <laughs> something to fight against is... as well. Yeah, but what's weird about it is that there really isn't that conspiracy in the number twenty three. No, there's not. It's oh, yeah. God, the it's only conspiracy is that the number twenty three is everywhere, and once <laughs> you start it. seeing it, you um, think it's telling you to do things, or it's coming Wait, after the, you. He, yeah. he thinks that it's gonna like it came after the suicide blonde and killed her, and that's coming after him as but well. But just seeing the number doesn't do anything. Oh, it's, it's so just, lame. It, uh, okay, can we get to the weird PO box scene because this was confusing? Remember the PO box? Uh, yeah. Um, no, <laughs> explain it to us, April. <laughs> well, they find an address. I think the son finds an address. Yeah, there's the nothing book. left in the book. He kind of gets to the end. And, and then, there's no chapter 23. Yeah. And uh, the son like immediately is like, hey, there's two pages stuck together. I found this P.O. box. What do you know? <laughs> so they send. They're, they're, they're trying to entrap the author, I guess, get the author to come and meet them. So they send... Wait, 20... I think we got lost here, because didn't he go to prison at this point already? We skipped a whole bunch of scenes. Well, okay, um, okay again, it's, it's, again, it's hard to explain this movie because it's so complicated. He's reading this book, and then he realizes that um, the suicide blonde is a real person, right? Mm, and he's like, yes. hang on. Um, this sa- it sounds like the author of this book murdered this girl, so we have to find the author and 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 catch yeah. the killer. He realizes- wait, 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 wait. Okay, but doesn't he figure this out by chasing the evil dog that yes. keeps appearing in the movie? And he shoots it with the tranquilizer gun yeah, in front of someone's grave. This is why I write down plot points for movies specifically like this because they're so 
friggin' convoluted. And, yeah. uh, and then, like, the person that's in charge of the graveyard comes around. He's like, oh, he just loves hiding in front of that or sleeping in front of that grave. But, you know, is it a grave? Because they never found the body. It's like, Jim Carrey didn't even ask these questions. He shoots a dog with a <laughs> yes. gigantic tranquilizer. <laughs> the dog kind yeah. of leads him to this, this gravestone. And then Ed Lauder comes out as a priest and starts yelling at him and is yep. never seen again. He well, there's another him, guy that comes out too. There's like two guys, like he a says, grave digger and a priest. He says, hey, that dog belongs to the church. It just, uh, you know, it's the, it's the groundkeeper's dog. And the groundkeeper's kind of hanging around you know, in the back there, it doesn't say a word. He and then scary. Ed Lauder just explains the entire backstory of the girl whose grave they're at. Yeah. I mean, that's bad writing. <laughs> it's just you so know. terrible. And I don't think we see Ed Lauder ever again in the movie. You know, could that have been a like post-production thing that they came in and added a bunch of scenes? They're like, listen, we did the test screening. People love the dog. <laughs> yes. They love yeah. the dog. Can we get more Pachinsky in here? Yeah, because those and, dog you know, scenes... I don't belong in this movie in no. my opinion i would i would have ditched the kid get lose the kid character add more dog yeah make just it a dog. Thing, dog just dog just jim carrey and the dog yeah mr popper's uh bulldogs yeah and then he's like telling him to kill people like son of sam yeah i mean it writes uh, it seems so kill kill voiced by john Turturro. yeah so jim carrey goes to prison he's like oh my god you know this girl's murder is kind of familiar. It's like exactly what happened in this book. I think the author of this book is the real life murderer of this girl. So he try he finds the author somehow. Well, no, it's he in finds the person oh, that yes. was accused of uh, murdering the woman who's right. in prison. Who is Jacob from Lost. His name is Mark Pellegrino, and he has been popping up in every movie we watch lately. I swear, like, every third movie we watch, this guy is... <laughs> yeah, he's just one of those actors that's just in everything. So he doesn't he doesn't know anything about the number 23, and Jim Carrey says, he's got to be innocent. I've added up the, the letters in his name, and they don't add up to 23. And he says, and then Mark Pellegrino says, you know what, if I really murdered... Uh, her and wrote a book about it i wouldn't name it something as stupid as top secrets and jim carrey's like and jim carrey's like whoa (laughs) wait had you guys realized this as well i had not i was like oh what if the movie was like uh names that sound like other things and it's like everywhere i look if you just say it in this particular way it sounds like something else like that game mad gab (laughs) mad gab yeah it's like oh yeah that's what the movie's called it's called mad gab it's also branded by mad gab yeah like you'll have like a a bunch of words that are seeming nonsensical but then when you say them together it's it's Mm -hmm. that's like it sounds like the uh game bumper stumpers do you remember that the TV game it might show? be the same thing. But like, uh, so, like for example, it might say "bat tree snot ink looted." Right. Um, Batteries mm-hmm. not, included. not included. Right. Yeah. Bumper stumpers uh, was when they. Okay. Anyway, never mind. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I did the classic look up when this show actually existed. It, me and April were two and uh, three respectively. I believe. Oh, Jesus. It was around the time <laughs> when people started getting vanity plates. Yes, it was 1987 to oh. 1990. Yeah. Oh, I see what you're saying. So it would, just be, it would just be Vanity And it plates. was actually a Canadian-only show. What was that? It was a Canadian-only show. Oh, yeah. Oh, interesting. Do you remember Jackpot, the Canadian game show Jackpot? Nope. Or no. it just had, like, the lowest stakes. Like, you would win, like, $5. <laughs> <laughs> 
I mean, like, I grew up watching, like, Uh-Oh. Do you know that? No. <laughs> I was... mean, Colin would not know Uh-Oh. He was not watching uh, YTV in the mid-90s yeah, exactly. when he was 45. I was 45. Yeah. Uh... Jackpot started in 1974. Oh, God. <laughs> it's a Canadian classic, all right? Uh... Mm. Uh... All right, so let's get to this P.O. box scene, because, again, it's confusing and stupid. Um, they find the P.O. box, and then they, they decide to mail 23 empty boxes to it. And these are just empty. These are massive boxes. Like, these are so big. Filled with styrofoam. They're like three foot by three foot cubes. 23 of them. I don't see how that is supposed to. I guess it had yeah, to be something ridiculous. Yeah, what is their ridiculous. plan? Why do they think the person will show up? Because there, I don't know, 20, there's so many boxes, There's I 23 guess. of them. <laughs> Anyone who would see that many boxes would be like, I got to check this out. It's like, yeah. wow, my Amazon orders have arrived. Um, so yeah, so they hang out at the post office box, uh, just waiting for this guy to show up. And he eventually does. And it's Bud Court from Harold and Maude. Mm-hmm. That's right. Okay. You got anything to <laughs> oh, add? I know who Bud Court is. He sued the guy. He used to be friends uh, with Mark, um, Groucho Marx, and he sued the guy who wrote the book about the final years of Groucho Marx because it does not make Bud Court look, uh, Court look very good. Oh, really? <laughs> he seems like a guy that's always asking for money, yeah. and he's always in dire straits. Yeah. So he was friends. That's why with, we love him. He was friends with yeah. Groucho Marx. He was friends with the young wife of Groucho Marx, or sorry, young personal assistant of Groucho Marx, who, you know, like a lot of old celebrities or just old people, mostly celebrities, that sometimes like a younger person, man or woman, comes in and kind of starts like abusing and controlling them. Yeah, like they did with Stan Lee and Mickey Rooney. Oh, God, that was his family. Yeah. It's Peter Bogdanovich and Orson Welles. No, I was, I'm yeah. just joking. <laughs> what, you think the Bogdanovich heads are going to come after you? Yeah, the Bogdanoviches. Will Sloan is going to get really mad at me. Oh, no. He knows Peter Bogdanovich is a piece of garbage <laughs> as a human being. I read this uh, story. It was like recently somebody was tweeting it with, uh, it was like end of life Groucho Marx and he lived next to Alice Cooper. Did you hear about this? <laughs> I have not heard about this. Oh, no. it was so good. They were like next door neighbors and Groucho Marx suffered from insomnia. So he would call anytime it was like two or three in the morning, he would call Alice Cooper because he knew it's like, oh, he's a rock star. He's, you know, he's going to be up at this time. So he would call Alice Cooper and Alice Cooper would come over with a six pack and he would sit next to his bed and they would just watch like old cartoons together until Groucho Marx fell asleep. Well, that's a very sweet <laughs> And he said story. it was like the sweetest, he's like the sweetest man. He would just be like sitting on his bed and Alice Cooper would just be drinking, uh, mm. you know, whatever, watching like old Mickey Mouse cartoons or something until he said he would just like smoke his cigar until he fell asleep. And then Alice Cooper would put out his cigar and then just leave, leave the house and go home. And he would do it like every night. Wow, that's adorable. I know. Yeah, that's a sweet story. If you want to keep that in your mind, don't read the book. I just, um, <laughs> I think it's called Raised Eyebrows because it's like the last, last year years of Groucho Marx's life, like when dementia hit. Uh, for a while, speaking of rock stars, Rob Zombie was supposed to adapt the book into a movie. Oh, Jesus. Mm. Yeah. Turn him on. Interesting. Groucho right. Marx is like a, like a hillbilly. Yeah. With like yeah, an abusive, like, ah, abusive family. This, fuck that. Shut up. Fuck, fuck, fuck. Uh, anyway, uh, so let's I'm get sorry. back to the P.O. box that April is chomping at the okay, bit to get so to. so <laughs> this guy shows up and Jim Carrey, like, jumps on him and is like i know you murdered that girl and he's like i don't know what he says he says something cryptic and then he he says you're supposed to be dead yeah and he has a box cutter and he slits his own throat and so we're like what the fuck and then uh virginia madsen jumps on him and is like i got it you uh you take our son home um 
Okay. Yeah, I'll stay with this guy. Yeah. Meanwhile, she makes cakes. I thought, oh God, what is she like a paramedic or something or a nurse? No, she, no, she makes bake, cakes. Baker. So, uh, uh, wait, I forgot how this links to the rest of the narrative. Can you guys help me out? Yes. So she finds, she looks, I don't know, is like going through Bud Court's jacket or something and finds an ID badge for an asylum that she right. takes. Insane asylum. <clears throat> an insane asylum. And then she goes to visit the asylum, which is abandoned and decrepit, by of the course. way. She sneaks in and finds an old box, a patient file with Jim Carrey's name on it. It's Walter, okay. Walter Sparrow. Meanwhile, oh God, Jim Carrey and his son <laughs> uncover like this secret note in the book. I guess he circles every 23rd letter uh, on every 23rd page and it yeah. tells them to go to a park and, and dig at the bottom of the stairs to start digging and they find a skeleton <laughs> a skeleton and uh <laughs> they're like oh my god let's get out of here but then they they call the cops yeah so they run i guess this is like pre-cell phone days like 2007 yeah. but also virginia madsen finds like a room with candles in it and stuff and the insane this is asylum. in the asylum yeah yeah um, and then doesn't she run into somebody in there? Isn't someone like, hey, what are you doing in The there? scene ends with just a shadowy figure behind her. And then right. like, the scene ends and Jim Carrey and his son are digging up the skeleton. So <laughs> I guess, yeah, he didn't have a cell phone. So they run to like a, a bridge with a police phone on it, an emergency phone. Uh, yeah, no cell phone. Uh, wait, I got to stop you guys. Because you're probably wondering how I got here. Because we <laughs> skipped my favorite scene of the movie oh, that yeah. I recently posted on Twitter. Oh, I, this scene is so wait, what funny. Scene? <laughs> oh, you know scene. Jim Carrey is just driving around with his wife and kid. Oh. And then, uh-oh, that bulldog is sitting in the middle of the street. Pachinski's giving him the stink eye. <laughs> he is. Oh, and we should say, like, this is shot so hilariously. Like, they're, like the car stops and the camera... Pan, uh, like uh, tracks over to reveal Pachinski sitting there, and then like there's a um, a doll. Is it co- just called a dolly zoom? Yeah, it's called it's it a the, contra zoom. The vertigo, yeah. the vertigo dolly zoom. Yeah, vertigo jaws where you on the uh, dog on the dog's reaction on the dog just staring <laughs> at them. It's like <laughs> it literally looks like one of those like um, Airbud movies. Like you'd see a shot like that. Oh, you you posted it on Twitter, and without audio, you think it's a comedy. Like hundred mm. percent. Also, this scene has nothing to do with anything. No, and he starts driving. <laughs> he's he just hates that dog. He tries to murder he's like, this, this dog. This is all your fault. <laughs> he's just guns. And he it. also he also believes the dog is dead because he calls it that evil dead dog as he's driving towards <laughs> it. His wife and kid must think he's a maniac. Yeah. So at this point, like the dog is screwing with Jim Carrey, right? Oh yeah, of <laughs> like, course. I don't, uh, yeah, I don't know why. I'm a cop. I got mysteries to solve. just keeps showing up, and there's no magic in this movie, so it's not a magic dog. <laughs> so don't tell me that it is. Ah, uh, yeah. It's a magic dog, April. Oh, no, I told you. <laughs> yeah, he's a magic dog. Okay, yeah, so, so that's okay, my we're getting thing. up to the big reveal. So, Colin hasn't picked his favorite thing yet, though. Um, you both took you, my favorite you've things. You've got time. <laughs> um, so they, they go back to the... Um, um, the the park where the skeleton was and bring the cops and it's not there and the cops <laughs> just think he's some lunatic yeah and Virginia Madsen shows up with Danny Houston of course right her and side like, piece Mm-mm. and uh, she's like everything's um he didn't make it the old old man died uh, let's go home so they go home but she's got suspiciously dirty 
fingers. Yeah, her and, fingernails are all covered and in mud. And as soon and dirt. as they get home, she washes them in the kitchen sink. If you wanted to hide the fact that you have dirty fingers, maybe go in the bathroom. That's just my thought. Okay, this is my favorite scene, all right? I mean, don't you wash your hands when you get home? Because... Yeah, in the bathroom, <laughs> not in the kitchen. Yeah. Oh, this is an amazing scene, which I also posted some photos yeah, from it, on Twitter. Yeah, it's fantastic. So he kind of confronts her. He's like, you're the one who stole the skeleton. And her line, her reply, yes, I moved the skeleton and I'd do it again. <laughs> There's a lot of really funny lines in there. So she, she shows him the patient file. And okay, so first of all, this skeleton, it's implied that she and Danny Houston, were, I guess trailing Jim Carrey and the son, saw him go to call the police and then ran to the park and dug up and hid the skeleton, this this dead woman. What do they do with the skeleton? You got me. Did we never find out what happened to the skeleton. I don't uh, know. It's sitting in front of a junk store. Oh, man, we didn't point out that there's some amazing scenes of, like, Jim Carrey, like, walking around, and he's, like, looks at knives, and there's, like, a shing sound effect and, like, a CGI, like, glimmer on the knives. Um, speaking of CGI, we did forget a scene at the very beginning of the movie um, where there's a CGI sequence where he uh, goes into his childhood. When he or first starts reading his childhood. Yeah, he first starts reading the book, and then it flashes back to Fingerling in school. Or... And it's, like, a cool like moving kind of picture book almost yeah it's like these kind of 2d cutouts and you know we're kind of moving through it never goes back to that style that again. could be your favorite thing colin no it's Just not this is i think he picked this it. is the skeleton all oh, right the, the reveal scene. <laughs> yeah. okay go the on the mystery of the skeleton where is that skeleton yeah, never see it again so yeah she gives him the the file and it turns out that jim carrey was the author of the book all along and then we get a very very long extended flashback to to what actually happened and it's the, this is this movie i didn't oh think it God. was kind of fun how it shows like here's what he was imagining and here's what really happened you know with yes. the right people in the right roles and i think he runs back to the hotel and tears off the yeah. the wallpaper in room 23 and so it turns out that he, that's the last chapter of the book that he wrote so years and years ago he was actually what like a student meets this girl a student who plays the sax the saxophone <laughs> by the way that's what's in the uh, the patient file is a saxophone <laughs> yeah and then he he angrily throws the saxophone down <laughs> at one point hey i would too my sax years are behind me <laughs> he's just and then he rips his shirt off and he's got terrible tattoos uh, but yeah, so he meets a, a girl on campus and she uh, likes to um, ha- have violent sex, uh, yeah. you know, again, with these role playing like, oh, use a knife or pretend you have a knife and, you know, much like him and Fabrizio. Yeah. So all this actually happened and he she ended up like having an affair with uh, one of her teachers, who is who Jacob is from Lost. Mark Pellegrino. So um, there's Jim, the parallel there. Yeah. Jim Carrey kills her. He confronts her in her apartment and she starts going Wait, crazy. Why, with why wouldn't Mark Pellegrino be like, I know you. You're the one that was seeing. Well, you know what? Yeah, what Mark Pellegrino never met Jim Carrey. Oh. He, so like he, he was just some nobody student. Yeah. And he, remember, he left the crime scene before Mark Pellegrino got there. Yeah. So Jim Carrey flees with the body and then Mark Pellegrino arrives at the crime scene and starts handling this bloody yeah, he knife. He sees a bloody knife and he's like, oh, what's this? And then that's enough to get him arrested. The police think that he's the murderer, even though there's no body. 
The body was never found. No, but I mean, like, he is the prime suspect because he was probably married. He's had an affair with her, you know. I mean, there's right. no other suspects. Why not? So then Jim Carrey, I guess, buries her body in the park, goes to the hotel, writes this confession, which is the, the book, book, manuscript. Uh, he writes it as, like, a fantasy, basically, and then jumps off the balcony. Uh, doesn't die. Ends up with amnesia. Conveniently. <laughs> ends up in... I don't know. That insane asylum. An insane asylum. Uh, Bud Court is a doctor there, gets his, finds his manuscript, and is like, he becomes obsessed with the number 23 and then decides to self publish his book as Top Secrets. As Top Secrets. And so that's how the book ended up in the. yeah, bookstore. in the bookstore somehow. But yeah, so Jim Carrey makes a full recovery. He's just fine. He's leaving the asylum. And then who does he run into? Bumps into Virginia Madsen. Yeah, and then they start the rest of their life together. Now, Virginia Madsen didn't notice that this guy was leaving the asylum. Maybe <laughs> she should have, you know, thought a couple just times Just looked up that. slightly. Doesn't Jim Carrey knows that he left the asylum? Wouldn't he have memories of being at the asylum? But it was kind of like, he doesn't, he has he no memory. Out, I guess. He has no memory of the murder or anything like that like that he just thinks uh but he ended up in a does he ever talk about being at an asylum at any point in the movie sure maybe which he would have remembered maybe it's not an asylum it's just an institute for uh you know rehabilitation maybe he thinks he just ended up there after his parents killed yeah because he was doing uh physical uh therapy like Mm -hmm. rehabilitation Mm -hmm. he was like learning to walk again and all this okay so everyone who's been listening to us up to now can we just share a little secret with you if you're writing a mystery, do not make your protagonist the bad guy. For the love of God, that is the hackiest twist you can do. Yeah, it's overused. And I remember the first time I saw this movie, I was like, "Ooh, that looks cool. And then I saw it and I was like, that's so lame. Like, that's really mm. not a cool twist. But Stupid. yeah. So I guess Virginia Madsen and Danny Houston stole the skeleton, which is a crime scene, by the way. You just can't <laughs> steal the... You're, you're still all broken up about where that skeleton you is, aren't you? can't just steal a corpse of a murdered woman. Yeah. I guess they were doing it to protect Jim Carrey? They were. She was. She did everything to protect him. Yeah. So then at the end, he's like, oh my God, I'm a murderer. And she's like, no, no, I still love you. You know, he, you're- he says, I have killed someone. <laughs> I have killed someone. And she goes, do you want to kill me? Go ahead, do it. It's so melodramatic. And I forgot to mention the music in this movie. It's so inappropriate. It's so incongruous, congruous, 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 congruous to what it's trying to do. It's like a schmaltzy, like, drama Joel Schumacher score. It, it, yeah, it needed really... to be completely stripped down and um, or, like, silent. Uh, or It should have been an all-sax score. Uh, yeah. I, mean, I would have... Yeah, I mean, speaking of the sax, like, it's going for, like, a film noir kind of thing, and the score is not reflective of that at all. But they dump that whole film noir thing, like... It pretty soon feels yeah. like halfway through the movie and we never go back to that again. Yeah. But yeah. Like, wouldn't it make sense from a stylistic perspective that his home life would be really boring and bland. And as he gets into this number 23 and the book becomes his life, the film turns into what you originally saw in the novel. No, but that's actually, that sense. that's actually an interesting idea. Mm-hmm. They mm-hmm. would never do that. No, no. <laughs> Instead, it's just this big confusing mess. Yeah. So it ends with him, you know, uh, Jacob from Lost, Steve realizes this has been, you know, falsely imprisoned. So Jim Carrey turns himself in, goes to jail in his place. And that's the end. He's like, my my hearing is next week. Yeah. They, okay. they say they're going to All look of up- us were waiting, right? Where he's like, all right, we're going to say how many years you'll be in prison. <laughs> 
23 oh, years. And then he looks at the camera and he's like, it's a living. <laughs> and he just looks at the camera and then like, yes. And then we iris out, but the iris is like the, da, da, the number da, da, 23. Da, da. Yeah. <laughs> the iris is the number 23. Speaking of the number 23, uh, don't look up the IMDb trivia for this movie. They have to be fake. Uh, they're jokes. Like yeah. it's nothing but this. This is twenty three. This is twenty three. Jim Carrey was name. paid twenty three yeah. million dollars it's, for this movie. It's the fakest <laughs> trivia I've ever seen on IMDb, and that's yeah. The, the DVD has twenty three chapters. Yeah, it's it's, <laughs> uh, I, 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 it can't be. Uh, real. You may look at the clip I posted online on Twitter. I made sure it was twenty three seconds. Did you really? Did. And you did. Yeah, that I on did. Twitter. Yes. <laughs> I did do it on purpose. Uh, <laughs> I actually cut a line from the scene and I sped up some shots to make it fit exactly 23 Yeah, Jim seconds. Carrey's going to like, look at it and you like, look at the time. Oh my God, 23. Yeah. I tried to use 23 characters, but really all I can write with that is like, good movie this. <laughs> that's actually more than 23. That's 23. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh my God. That's the number 23. This movie is so convoluted. But hey, at least it wasn't boring, right? It's, it's entertaining, and there there are some interesting kind of concepts and ideas in there somewhere. It's just so unfocused, and there's just way too many of them. It just never it never works. And it, it doesn't, never works it as doesn't it should. succeed at what it's trying to no, do. No, not at all. Ever. Um, it, it, and also, none of the actors are very good. Like, even Virginia Madsen, who's good, is really, really kind of cheesy Just and overacting un- underused and the and script is terrible yeah. everything and is working against it jim carrey is horribly miscast if this yeah. was anybody else i think it would have worked uh you know along the like, lines of they could have sold that moment where he's like it's him that's ned <laughs> <Yeah. Doc." laughs> like you know who could have done it john cusack like i could see him perfectly yeah. perfect uh, fine in, in this in this role i mean the man can wear a trench coat um <laughs> listen if this is pretty no, much no, no, made no, of I trench got... coats at this point <laughs> Two names, uh, yeah, uh, trench coats and do rags. <laughs> Thomas Jane. Oh yeah, I could totally see that. Absolutely. Yeah. And Tom Jane mm-hmm. can play crazy, uh, frazzled. Yeah. Frazzled neurotic. I just want my kids back. Yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, but yeah, like the funny thing is, you can just see Jim Carrey say a line that's supposed to be serious and brooding, and you will laugh because it's you him. You just cannot. And I'm sorry, Jim Carrey, but yeah. you didn't pull it off. No way, man. Um, and it, that's the number twenty-three. Uh, I would recommend it if you if you want to laugh. Yeah, have a good I, laugh. I it, it's very entertaining <laughs> in that respect. It's streaming right now on Amazon Prime. Whoa! At least it is in Canada. Um, it's the twenty-third pick. If you scroll down the thriller <laughs> section, or you can rent it on iTunes for twenty-three cents. <laughs> that would be a, that would <laughs> that's be a terrible. Uh, uh, yes. Yeah, so. I, I was hoping it was twenty-three dollars. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's no. if you want to buy it. Ah, so that's the number 23. If you want to email the podcast, we're at no such thing as a bad movie at gmail.com. <laughs> we're on Twitter at no such thing pod. Uh, we're at patreon.com slash no such thing as a bad movie. If you subscribe at the $2 at the $5 level, uh, you get a bonus episode every two weeks. And uh, we just recorded one that'll be out next week on the new mutants. Our most fiery episode yet. What did they get at the $23 level? Hmm. A copy of the number 23. Oh. Uh, But yeah, the new mutants. We have opinions. Mostly I have opinions. Yeah, April has a very strong opinion. One person has an opinion that's very um, angry. Uh, And if you want to tweet at me or hit me up on Instagram, I'm at April at Mansky. 
You can follow me on Twitter at DeCluj, D-E-C-L-O-U-X, the letter J. Uh, you can also listen to me every week on the Important Cinema Club podcast and the Bay Street Video podcast, where you go through all this week's new Blu-rays and DVDs. And I also do Blu-rays that you can buy at GoldenNinjaVideo.com. All right. Well, you can follow me on Twitter at Sergeant Zima, S-G-T-Z-I-M-A. Wait, is this episode coming out on Friday, April? It is, yes. Um, okay, so if people are listening to this right now, I'm doing a holiday movie marathon. Oh, yeah, Follow this. me on Twitter, DeClue J, for more information. Starting Saturday, noon for 24 hours. Whoa. Oh, yes, so check it out on December 12th, you said? Uh, yep, December 12th, which if you're listening to this on the fr- Friday, it drops. It's a Saturday right after that. Oh, okay. Yeah, so check it out. Oh, and it's like a secret mm-hmm. uh, movie list? Yeah. So, All right. Yep, I did not pick the movies. Basically, for the first, like, six hours, I'm hoping to get movies that people haven't seen. Mm-hmm. But once you pass midnight, like, if you're a cinephile, you will have seen these movies. Because yeah. I don't want to show people anything bad or anything with subtitles after you've been watching movies for 12 hours. You, it's too much to ask. I've learned that lesson the hard are way. Are you going to be playing anything special at the uh, 23rd hour? No, but I can say that uh, in the first 12 hours, I'll be playing something that has never played anywhere else except for one place. Your home movies. And it's something that I put together that's Christmas themed. That's 90 minutes. Uh, But yes, it will be playing. Uh, April may know. Maybe she did see it, but we won't say. Did it play at the Royal, maybe? Yes, it did. (laughs) I may have seen it, but who knows? Um, yeah. And when 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 is that? <laughs> At midnight? You said? That is uh, no. I, I said in the first twelve oh, the first, hours after eight. First pretty twelve much. hours. <laughs> yeah. Can you like text us? <laughs> when we're supposed when, to when turn it on? Okay. So also, um, next episode is Justin's pick, and it's coming out on Christmas Day. Oh my God. So you better pick something Christmassy, Justin. <laughs> I hope it's something spooky. Uh, of course I will. Well, you have uh, two weeks to think about it. Right. Um, okay. Thanks for Christmas listening. Day. Um, and stay away from um, the number 23 because apparently it's everywhere. That's yeah. what I've been hearing. Uh, I'm April Atmansky. <laughs> I'm Justin DeClue. Wait a minute. What? Isn't there one, two, three of us? The number 23 is right okay. there. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, yeah. If you add one and two, it's three. And that's like, that's in the number 23. <laughs> yeah. That's one of the numbers in the number 23. Oh. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm Colin Cunningham. I still want to know what happened to the skeleton. And didn't, <laughs> like, wouldn't they be, that's a crime. That has to be a crime. And you remember, <laughs> there's no such thing as Virginia a bad Madsen movie. Virginia Madsen. We need t-shirts. Fans, make the first uh, no such thing as a bad movie t-shirt that says, whatever happened to the skeleton <laughs> on it? <laughs> they should be in jail with Jim Carrey. In in cell number 23. Cell block 23. (laughs) Brawl in cell block 23.